Now it's gone. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. This is our 89th episode recorded on Wednesday, December 6, 2023. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe, joined today by my co-host, Kathy Amos, and we'll be previewing Indiana's first Big Ten opponent, Rutgers, as well as giving out some first quarter report card grades and also looking and seeing if we can figure out some unanswered questions here. But today, as usual, we will start this show with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. And our Banner Moment is brought to you by Homefield Apparel, all right, and our sponsor of the Banner Moment. And Kathy, I, I, the Banner Moment, you know, we, we didn't have much news over the uh, over the weekend, and except for the win against, uh, getting the win against, um, uh, gone brain dead here, Stetson, getting the win against Stetson. Stetson. But I think I'm yeah, going to go Banner Moment here. I think I'm going to go Banner Moment here is just that, uh, um, again, Mackenzie Holmes, as she kind of climbs up the record book, she is now officially the all-time leader in field goals made at Indiana. So, again, I can't go with that as our banner moment today. And, our, again, as we said, our banner moment is brought to you by Homefield Apparel, presenting sponsor of the Back Home Network, who includes the Assembly Call and Crimson Cast. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools. Excuse me, are updating their products for schools in their existing line. You're bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. Right now, they ha they have their mystery boxes back, but I think that was a one day only thing. But you can oh, check weather. the website of that. Um, at least uh, I, the email I had from yesterday didn't let me pull it up today because I was thinking about that same thing. Uh, they also, if you are watching us live, they are running a special today for 20% off. Uh, but I imagine that ends at midnight tonight. So you would have to probably be watching us on the live feed on YouTube. Um, uh, but they do have, you know, they do have some great stuff on there. And you are supporting an Indiana-based business that has its roots in the Kelly School of Business. Go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME. H-O-M-E-2-3 to get 15% off your entire first order. Again, that's promo code HOME, H-O-M-2-3, for 15% off. And once again, the website is Homefield Apparel, where, what, homefieldapparel.com, wear one for the team. Yeah, and since we just talked to you on Saturday, just not not a or excuse me on Sunday, not a ton of news here this week. Except IU did jump up two spots in the AP poll to number fifteen, and they jumped up one spot in the coaches poll to number sixteen this week. And also, I did post this in the um, in the uh, Substack. If you have a chance, haven't had a chance to see, you can go find that. Uh, I guess I should have included this. They are number twenty eight in the uh, first initial net ranking. Uh, that came out from the NCAA on Monday. And then also Charlie Cream still has them as a number two seed in his bracketology that was released on Tuesday as well. And Kathy, I thought the most interesting thing there, of course, that kind of the headline. And again, it's still December, but Charlie Cream had UConn at a number five seed. And that would be, you know, I can't tell you yeah, when would have been the last lowest. time UConn wouldn't have hosted a at all they, they as a five seed they would have to go on basically the road from there on you know yeah so i thought that was interesting again it's still december but you know it, it just shows you the parody in the game 
you know, and, and I want to kind of ask you a little bit about that before we even get to the Amos angle, kind of the news. Cause you and I, you and I were watching some games over the weekend with texting back and forth. Ohio state looked very good down at Tennessee. Um, we, we just saw the score. Michigan got beat at Toledo today. Uh, handling, handling, yeah. uh, or Iowa is tied or was tied at the half with Iowa state. Yeah. Just, you know, again, as some, as a, sometimes we're neutral observers with other teams, but just the parody in the game has really. And so I'm not sure you're going to see those Yukon type runs anymore where they go to final four after final four. I mean, even for as good as South Carolina is that right now, it's still, there's so much parody in the game. What do you think? Yeah, I was just uh, reminding myself, I was pulling up all the games, mainly from Sunday, from this week, from the top 25. And, you know, we we had Stanford go yeah. and get beat. Now, um, <clears throat> we know that um, Cameron Brink didn't play, but a quarter and a half of that game, she had an illness. So she ended up sitting out, but still they lost by, what, almost 20 points, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Um, yeah, and then... You, you have other top 25 teams getting beat. UConn got beat by Texas by 12. Stanford lost to Gonzaga 96 to 78. Ohio State, you're, as you mentioned, they beat Tennessee on the road in Tennessee, but they beat them by 20. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like it was even close. Um, other teams that I was kind of watching, we had Princeton um, climbed into the top 25, got beat. Penn State climbed into the top 25. They got beat by West Virginia on Monday. So it, even, you know, teams that, you know, finally start, you know, inching their way up, then all of a sudden they turn around and lose to your point and um, to unranked teams as well. And so I think we're going to see a lot more noise in the women's um, rankings than maybe we have in years past coming into this year. So I find it very fascinating to, to watch all of those top 25 matchups. At least, you know, I try to check the scores. They can't always watch the games due to, um, work wants me to work kind of thing. <laughs> um, and other things that are going on in our lives. But, um, you know, I do like to try to check out the score and see how things are going. And, you know, like the Penn state, they, they were surprising this year, right? They, they, they were like Illinois from last year, kind of came out of nowhere, not really on anyone's radar. And all of a sudden they cracked the top 25. And as soon as they cracked the top 25, they turn around and, and, and lose that next game. So, um, I just think it's really um, fascinating and it's a fun time for, it. and it's going to be really a lot harder come March when we start filling out our brackets too, because I think we're going to see a lot more upsets kind of like we did last year. Yeah. And, and before we move on here with us, I think you're also, as we're talking about, again, it's still December, but right now the big 10 is a little bit of a precarious spot in bracketology. I mean, Michigan and Michigan state have looked good so far in the preseason. You mentioned Penn state, but but you get the real feeling that this, you know, unless somebody like Nebraska, um, and Maryland is down in the bracketology for obvious reasons. Um, you get the real feeling here that it could end up being about a five bid league if you're not careful. And, you know, because, you know, Purdue has not p- performed up to where people thought they were going to be. And we'll have to wait and see through the Big Ten season if Michigan and Michigan State and, and Penn State can continue to do what they've done. So um, I thought you brought some great points there. With that, and here we'll throw it over to Kathy for the aim, the official Amos angle. Here we'll say, be, and just see <laughs> well, if she's got anything. Yeah, well, but let's, let's see if you got anything on your mind about IU women here, rather than kind of the national scene. 
Yeah, you know, I was going to use actually the national scene. That's so funny that you you did that. We didn't talk about that beforehand, everybody, nope. but, uh, that we were, were both going to talk about that separately. Neither knew. Uh, yeah, I mean, nice, quiet week for the women, you know, coming into officially starting Big Ten play here on Saturday, as we'll talk about in a minute against Rutgers. Um, you know, so it's a, it's a good time for them in terms of, you know, what's kind of coming up on their docket. They've got a week off here, um, assuming it's for finals. So hopefully they can they can get you know, that kind of stuff out of the way. And, you know, they had Stetson, they had Rutgers um, coming up. They have Evansville after that Bowling Green state before then on new year's Eve to close out the year with Illinois coming to town, which, um, you know, at least on paper looks to be probably of that, that's that stretch that we started talking about really with this, the um, Stetson game kind of a, a get right kind of thing after that, that main trip, if you will. Um, and, and kind of making sure that everything's, on track with the, you know, in the rails or defenses on and, and working on some of the things that we'll, I'm sure, talk about here later in the show. Yeah, I, I agree. And let's move on to talking about Rutgers, our first Big Ten opponent. They'll be our next opponent. That game is Saturday, December the 9th. And we will remind you again later in the podcast here, but we will be doing the post game show on Sunday. The IU men also play Saturday at one. So it does kind of maybe help out a little bit that we're not overloading excuse yeah. me uh the Just fan base back, back basketball <laughs> yeah the, the men will be playing auburn in atlanta um and then the women be playing rutgers at rutgers that game is a four eastern time start three central and it is on no, regular btn regular big 10 network so you don't need your big 10 plus or your peacock or anything else like that right now as well and i, I do want to <laughs> say this kathy uh, before we get into talk about rutgers this, I, I saw a lot of this yesterday because the men's game was on peacock last night and I get that, but this is one of those things. When you talk about the football program and NIL, you talk about the basketball programs and NIL, the the part of that, and maybe not so much the NIL, but the exposure that you're recruiting these kids on and 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 everything that you're doing, faci- a, lot, a lot of, I shouldn't say everything because I don't know all the finances, but some of the things you're doing facilities-wise and things like that, that's because of this media deal the Big Ten has signed that you're now into the first year of with Fox and NBC, CBS, you know, and, and Peacock's included in that. So if you, you know, that 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 money has, you know, gets coming from somewhere and and this is part of that media deal. We were just going to, we may not like it, but you're going to have to live with it. And, you know, I know, for example, people who watch the NFL, you know, Thursday night still struggle because they don't really want to get an Amazon Prime subscription, but that's the only way you can watch Thursday night football. So, you know, right. it just it is what it is. But just get real quickly what you think about all the different streaming avenues for, you know, especially BTN Plus. I mean, we, we do a BTN Plus already, but, yeah. you know, about Peacock and things like that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm not surprised we knew this was coming. Right. So uh, yeah. I'm kind of surprised a little bit how people some people seem surprised by it. But I mean, we knew when they announced the TV contracts that came out that this mm-hmm. a lot of these games are going to be on Peacock. Um, for me personally, um, I have most of them anyway. Yeah. So it's not really too big of a deal. Um, there's just some of the streaming services. The, the production obviously is just not there yet. Like I, I thought the ESPN Plus um, was the worst in terms of commentators and and coverage when the the women played on there one of their um which game was that was that Maine. the main game yeah yeah that was main right yeah I, I thought that was the worst i i didn't have any personal issue with peacock i thought it was fine last night other than bardo being on there um <laughs> he, he's not my favorite um but in terms of you know i have it already installed on my 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 smart TV with an app. So maybe that was different than if you were streaming in a different way, but I didn't have any issues in terms of buffering or sound or anything like that. I thought it was just fine, but ESPN plus was terrible. 
Um, and those Big Ten Plus, I think, has gotten better. The one advantage I kind of like of them, um, like Big Ten Plus in particular, they show you the timeouts and and things in between and half times, and, and, and you don't get that with the regular TV. So that's kind of a, a, a bonus that I, I kind of like, actually. Yeah, and that ESPN Plus, I'm betting, was a more of a local production because, like, I know, like, when Valpo has a game at home and in Valpo, and it'll be a lot of times they'll be on ESPN Plus with the Valley and stuff. Um, that I know a couple of the people who do their broadcast and stuff, so I know that's more locally produced, okay. you know, more, no, more of a local type, you know, production. And this ESPN is just picking it up as part of their contracts and stuff. But yeah, that that main broadcast, they they were struggling that night. We were talk, joking back and forth. The student U productions, I think, do a better job than that group was doing Absolutely. that night. So yeah, anyway, they were not good. So anyway, back to Rutgers here real quick. This is where we're supposed yeah, to be our focus, not, not 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 TV critics here. Um, I yeah. use seven and six all time versus the Scarlet Knights, winning the last four in a row. IU won last year in Bloomington, ninety one to sixty eight. Uh, Rutgers is six and five on the season. They're six and three. Uh, actually, they're yeah six and five. I believe now six and three at home. One six road, six and two at home. Sorry, one road and two neutral site losses. So they are. They are they are um, playing. You know they they they've got off recent decent record wise, but we still believe that they're still going to be toward the bottom of the Big Ten. Um, Kathy, why don't you take over the next part here on Rutgers with the coaching staff and some of their key players? Sure. Um, yeah. So in terms of their head coach is Coquise Washington. She's only in her second season with Rutgers um, so far in. Um, she was 17 and 25 at Rutgers and five and 13 in the big 10. Um, previously before that, she had 12 seasons, um, that she was at, is at Penn state. Um, mm -hmm. she was 197 and 149 there or 93 and 94 in the big 10. Um, in terms of the team so far this year in their, um, what eight games, 11 games that they've had going to season's getting away from us already. They have, um, they're averaging right around 77, 71 points per game in, um, allowing 60, roughly 63, um, points per game in terms of re rebounding. Um, they're re out rebounding their opponents by a margin of about seven and then turnovers, which is an interesting one. We could probably talk about they're averaging 19 turnovers per game um, and forcing 17 turnovers. So, you know, some of that I'm sure is the opponents in terms of the, the, the opponents um, turnovers, but 19 um, turnovers per game, I think is something that we definitely will want to keep an eye on yeah. on Saturday. Um, in terms of players, they have Kayleen Smikely. She's a six foot sophomore guard. She is currently averaging 16 points per game and 5.2 rebounds, just under three assists and 1.8 steals per game. Um, last year, she made the all freshman team um, where she averaged just under 18 points a game, four and a half rebounds, 1.6 assists and two steals per game. Um, alongside of her is a transfer from North Carolina, um, Destiny Adams. She is 6'3 junior. She's listed as a guard slash forward. Um, again, she's a transfer from North Carolina. She is currently averaging 13.3 points per game, just under eight rebounds per game, two assists per game, and two steals per game. Um, she was the 20th ranked recruit in her class coming out of high school. And then last, they have a third player also averaging double digits. That's Chania Cornwell. Um, hopefully I said that right. Um, she is a 6'3 um, <clears throat> senior center, um, and she is averaging 10.7 points per game, just under nine rebounds, and she shoots 62% field goals. So I'm assuming um, 
China. Is that, do you know, Jeff, is that right? China. 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 Okay. Like the country. Okay. Yeah. So China is probably going to be the one that McKinsey Holmes is going to probably be going up against and whoever else they bring to double team her. <laughs> yeah. So. And again, this is one of those on paper, Indiana will be favored in this game. And, and I actually want to come back to this a little bit later. Can some of our unanswered questions um, with this, but it's a game where if we play, a decent game. We go off, you know, and, and bring some energy, bring some, bring some passion. I think this is a game because you you mentioned it. Nineteen turnovers against what you know they have not played a great schedule. They they lost no. to Texas Tech and on on a neutral side over Thanksgiving. They also got beat by Boise at the same site, Boise State. So they're the better teams they've played have have really given you know they've lost to. So Indiana, you would think would be in that tier or above that tier. And so as long as we can play well, I think this is a game you get in and out of there, get a road victory. And again, this is one of those things you hear. I was watching, you know, I know we're not supposed to move, but that team up North, uh, you know, in Indiana, <laughs> uh, coach painter was talking about, you know, and, and I, I believe, honestly believe this, this is what some, I thought coach Knight used to emphasize quite a bit that you, you got to win at home. If you want to win, win the league or be in the hunt at the end, you got to win at home. You got to win your home games. And then you got to find a way to steal as many as you can on the road. Well, especially against the kind of the bottom third of the league, you really need to steal those games on the road and, and, and make, because, you know, you're going to get some tough teams. You're, like we talked about in the preview uh, way back a month or two or a month or so ago, six weeks ago, wow, it may even be two months ago now that, you know, we got to go to Ohio state. We got to go to Iowa. You know, so those are not easy road games. So that's my thoughts. Kathy, what do you think about as we go into the game? Yeah, you know, after looking a little bit at their stats, because I'll be honest, I haven't actually been able to see Rutgers play um, live. I, 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 it does, again, on paper, look like a game we should be able to handle. However, we thought that, you know, as well about Maine, and we can't let, you know, <laughs> what looks like on paper to be an easy game, have our our, our players go up mm -hmm. to Rutgers. Again, it's on the road, and, you know, they didn't do well at, at Stanford. They came out sluggish at Maine. I, that's what I'm going to be looking for is that can they, you know, right the ship here in terms of true away games? Um, this would be one to do it. I wouldn't expect that they're going to have a huge crowd on a Sunday afternoon um, or mm. probably many of their games, period. But to be honest, this is still, you know, a road game for them. I would hope that they come out with some energy and that their defense um forces at least those 19 turnovers that the that records is for, um averaging per game but you know at the end of the day it's still a big 10 it's not going to be a cakewalk they can't go up and sleepwalk through it either mm -hmm. um so that's where i i'm really going to be watching is more on our side of what kind of energy can we bring specifically on the defensive end and then again um you know the other thing we've been talking about this year which is rebounding yeah yeah. So, and speaking of which, let's use that to kind of jumpstart us into the report card here. And, you know, we made some predictions in our preview show and I'll kind of remind our viewers of this uh, overall record we had in, 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 in big 10 record, Kathy had Indiana going 22 and six, 14 and four. I had us at 23 and five, 14 and four. So, so far, Kathy, if I remember correctly, you had uh, a couple losses. You had had Stanford yeah. and I believe Tennessee picked to lose. That's I had correct. just a Stanford game. So we're looking yeah. pretty good on that part of it so yeah. far. Yeah, I'm happy to be wrong. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we yeah. both 
we both uh we you know who would be second behind McKenzie in scoring we both had Sydney uh and I yeah. think right now if you looked at the actual stats I think Sarah right now is, Sarah. is second so we, right. we're a little off on that but Sydney's you know in that mix you know in a long way to go and then this was the one I went back I had to go back and watch the, the episode to actually remember what, what some of these I was wondering were. how you knew that uh who would be first <laughs> off the bench and we all said this really kind of was a, a tough question because it was like, do you mean the first person who just jumps up, you know, is like, go get in the game first or is it the person who plays the most minutes? Well, we kind of went with that person who was the first sub off the bench. And, and we all said that, you know, we both said that was going to be Lily. And I think that's probably held true. But I think we also kind of understood yeah. that if just because you're first off the bench doesn't mean um, that you're going to be. Um, the one playing the most minutes. I think right now you probably look at, you know, Lexi, I think you have it somewhere and we have in the run sheet. Lexi's probably the most minutes off the bench I right do. now. Yeah. So that's I know right. I saw it. Yeah, that's it's, right. So, um, yes, she, Lexi right now, is, and we were, we're debating between Lexi and Lily. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think in terms of probably first, it's got, it's one of the two, just like we expected in terms of uh, minutes. Um, Lexi has been leading the bench with 19 and a half points. Um, points excuse me 19 and a half minutes per game yeah um yeah you're right points. on the scoring side <laughs> yeah she would not be coming off the bench <laughs> um so in terms of scoring yeah mckenzie is obviously leading the team in scoring she's averaging 18.3 points per game and sarah's right behind her at 16 and a half points per game um and that's with, you know, a couple of the games from Sarah here being a little below her average for the the season. So, you know, she had those those games down in Florida where she really just, you know, shot the cover off the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, she had that 28-point game in particular. And so she's been a really, to me, a big surprise um, for the season just because we weren't sure what we'd see from her. Um, we thought, you know, well, could she become the, the shooting three point shot um, threat that she was at Minnesota? But the thing I like about Sarah is that she's added dimension to her game. You know, she's driving the ball more. I think her defense is a lot better. She's become just in more of an all around player, not just a three point specialist. But let's remind our listeners if they listen to us, you know, faithfully, we had Lenny Holmes on after they got back from Greece and he was one that said right away, he's like, you keep an eye on Sarah Scalia. They really thought yeah. she was going to have a huge season um, for them. So let's kind of give out some grades here. Uh, and Kathy, I'll start with you. I, 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 I hate to go into individual players at this point, but let's just talk about yeah. it as offense in general. What what kind of grade would you give the offense so far? Yeah. So let's see. As a team right now, they're they're averaging seventy nine points per game. Um, and shooting 49% field goal percentage, which I thought was just really fantastic. Um, from three-point range, they're right at 34%. So um, that's kind of their offensive stats. Um, the other offensive stat that I wrote down that was really intriguing to me was assists per game, which they're averaging right at 20 assists per game. So taking all those into account, um, quite honestly, I would give them at least a B plus or an A minus. And the only reason I would even give them a strong A here is just there have been a couple of games where the th- the shot just won't go down. Um, even with the 48% field goal percentage, 34% from three, there's been some games where those three point percentages has been kind of dragging that number down. Otherwise I'd give them probably a good solid A. I think, you know, offensively, they seem to be really clicking. Yeah, I'm going to go A minus here because I, I think that's 
I think that's a fair grade. I think, like you said, there's been a couple of games, and you can't you can't leave out the Stanford game where they just did not look very good at all. Period. But just didn't they didn't play well offensively either. Uh, uh, they didn't shoot it well. They 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 got behind. Um, you know that was a game where Mac had zero points at the half, and so and and, and she wasn't the only one, by the way. She I'm just saying that that's so I, I'll go with the A minus. I, I agree with you there. I think they're I think it's a little better than the B plus. But like you said, they're close to an A. But it's just I think you talk about some of these times, you know, especially like in the main game, they they didn't play particularly well, and it showed up on the offensive end some as well. So let's take a look at the defense, Kathy. What kind of grade would you give the defense? And I got a yeah, feeling so, you might be a little more generous than Coach Morin would be. <laughs> probably. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. No, probably. You're right. Um, so in terms of um, defensive numbers, you know, you got just a few here. They're only allowing right around 59 points per game. And um, they're turning their opponents over right around 14 points per game. I should mention that on the, on the offensive side, too. They're only turning the ball over around 11 per game, which I think Coach Morin has said, 12 is their mm. goal. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, turnover wise is good. Um, forcing 14 turnovers. So I, I, the thing is with the numbers, um, those sound really good. You have to look at some of the opponents and kind of, to me, I think defense is more of a visual thing to grade them at. And right now I, I would say probably around a C plus B minus. I just think that there's more there for them. Um, the things that concern me the most, the thing that concerns me the most is just the, the fact that we just can't seem to be able to stop really strong athletic teams still, especially ones with the, the dribble penetration. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw it like down in Fort Myers, Princeton, that first half, we just we're really all over them, held them. You know, we were, had double digit lead at one point. I think we're up to almost 20. And then all of a sudden in the second half, Princeton starts pressing. We have some problems with that, but they start driving on us. And they were really, you could just tell, like we were sitting in the crowd sitting next to her, like, Oh, here she goes. She's going to drive again. And she would, and she would score. And I think, you know, that to me is, is more concerning than the actual numbers that we can see on the paper. Yeah, and and but again, the game before that against Tennessee, I thought their defense was pretty rock solid. It's fantastic. And, yeah. And but we have seen Coach Moore. I'll go with you. I'm going to go with the B minus here. Um, but Coach Moore has called them out more than one occasion about their defense. In fact, the game I was at against Murray State, even though they scored over 100, she was not very happy yeah. with her defense. With that the was the D against. game, right? Where she that, gave him a D? Was that the game she gave him a D? I think so. And 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 because so, yeah. it was also a game where they got, you know, she felt like they didn't hustle back on a transition bucket, and she pretty much immediately took a timeout to let them know about it. And and so there's just been instances of that. I, there have been times when I was watching this group that. Uh, they don't seem like they're communicating all the time that they're getting caught yeah. a little bit on whether they should be switching, whether they, you know, or are they staying with, um, and, and it's just times they're not moving their feet. So, but and I think the other thing I'll point out here that to me shows up and, you know, you talked about the rebounding stats. If you look at the pure stats right now, it looks like I use has about a plus four rebounding margin, but again, it, we've been out rebounded in a handful of games. And some of those have not been, you know, like the other day against Stetson, we gave up 15 offensive rebounds. And that's where it's really showing up. And that's why I think it's even hard to give them that B minus sometimes because part of defense is also finishing the possession and getting the mm -hmm. rebound and, and, and with that. So, you, you know, so I'll, I'll give them the B minus, but it, it has not been, and coach Moore has said this on more than one occasion that it, it's her job to get them there. I, I totally agree with her comment, but they also have to get better. They got to play more. They got to play more discipline on the defensive end. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. We hadn't talked about rebounding right now. And there have been a, a number of games they've been out-rebounded this year. And, mm -hmm. you know, definitely even the games that they've, they've won, obviously, which, you know, they've only lost one game, which is most of them. There's been a few that, you know, it, I think the Stanford game in particular was just double digits that they were out-rebounded. But um, that, that game... Um, against Stutzing, there just really wasn't, it didn't seem like there was any reason for them to be getting out rebounded like that on the defensive end, other than just concentration and effort and being in the right spot at the right time. And that's something I think that is probably tied for me with most concerning in addition to some of our defensive efforts. So, but you're right. That's a great point. They go hand in hand. You, you can't just play great defense. They put up a shot and miss it. And then they get the ball back in and score anyway. Yeah, and, and let's point out here a, a positive on the rebounding. Sydney Parrish is averaging just over six rebounds a game, and and re realistically, Sydney's a guard. So you know you got to. And I realize that sometimes we play her at a forward spot, but she, you're really getting a guard who's giving you over six rebounds a game in essence. And so uh, you know Sydney's trying, and that's the other thing too. I think defensively, we still have to find a way to keep some of our key people out of foul trouble. We've seen Sydney get a little foul trouble. We've seen Yarden getting some foul trouble still. So we just you know. We got to find a way for them not because to me, those become limitations deeper into the game, you know, where, you know, because you pick up a couple quick fouls. Now you're kind of, you come out in the second half, pick up another foul. You got three already and it's early in the third quarter. So um, with that, but I wanted to point out, I, I, I kind of got a little winded there, but I wanted to point out Sydney has been doing a pretty good job on the glass. But, you know, again, it's a team collective effort that we're talking about here. Um one more grade that I want to think about giving out here. What about the bench? What do you think? What do you what kind of, what kind of grade would you give the bench so far? Boy, that's a hard question, Jeff. So let's maybe talk through it before we start throwing grades out. So, <laughs> um, you know, Lexi, I think has been, as we mentioned with her 19 minutes per game, not 19 points, 19 minutes per game. I think Lexi has obviously been the, the bench leader mm. um, in terms of coming in and giving us, you know, some great minutes um, Lily's come in, I think, and done some nice, nice things off of the bench as well. Um, and then it's, it kind of drops off pretty quick after that. Right. And it's been hit or miss on who is getting in for a while. Lene was getting in and now it seems like, um, um, Jules, Julia, um, Juliana Lamandola is getting in more. Um, but it's really been mainly Lexus, um, and Lily, <sighs> And there's been times where we've gotten just giant goose eggs out of them. So, you know, if we look at their their stats on the year um, so far, we have Lexi coming in in terms of points scoring per game. She is averaging just at around five points per game and Lily is around four. Um, and then in terms of rebounds, uh, Lily is just um, averaging. Let's see here if I can find it real quick. Um, I think around three rebounds per game. Um, so is that what we want from our two main bench? And then after that, it doesn't really, you know, there aren't many points to think about. So I guess what, with all that said, I want more from our bench still. <laughs> um, I don't think it, it's where we need it to be to really be one of those teams to make a deep run in, into the, you know, NCAA tournament. So I'm probably going to give them a, a solid C on this one. Um, just because I just think there's so much more room that we need from our bench, you know, in terms of games played, there's some of our bench that have only even played a few games here and there. So, right. um, what about you? What are your thoughts? I rambled on quite a bit. Yeah. Landed on C. 
I want to go with a C plus. I, I, I agree with you. I think we need to get, and I kind of got this in, in some of our questions we need to get answered. Um, but I, I do like what Lene's bringing. I've liked what Jules has brought when they played. I like to see him get a little more run. That's why the Stetson game I thought was really important. We talked about this in the postgame show. Ten players had double-digit minutes or more um, against Stetson. And I know that we get into the Big Ten season, that's going to be harder to do. But I just, you know, I just want because I, I just think you got to find a way for kids like Lene and 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 Jules, who were pretty decent recruits. I mean, they were fairly high ranked recruits. You want to get them in there to keep them and throwing them that bone. They, I think they'll understand they're playing behind some solid vets right now. But I also don't want them getting discouraged where they're thinking, yeah, portal because there'll be a better opportunity somewhere else. Because next year we're really going to need them. You know, they're you know they're they're going to be key players for us next year. But I agree. We got to get more crooked numbers, as I like to say as a coach. More scoring, more rebounds, more assists. I think there was one game we talked about where yeah. the bench was no points, yeah, no the- rebounds, like two assists. I mean, it was just not a, a good day for the bench. Nothing. Yeah. So I'll give it a C. I'll give it a C um, there, yeah, but I think- I, yeah, or C plus, you know, but it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely for me a work in progress. Yeah. So with that, so uh, we also want to mention, you know, Sarah Scalia right now, we've got to give her an A plus plus as, as they would say in a Christmas story, you know, she is 21 of 22 at the free throw line and she is shooting 45%. What do you think? I don't want to necessarily get a grade, but what do you think so far? I mean, we've, we've shown that at times we can hit the three, but I don't feel like we're overshooting the three. Maybe at Stanford, I thought we got in a little bit of love with the three, especially yeah. when we weren't hitting, but what do you thought about our three point? shooting so far yeah you know i would say for the most part i've been pretty happy with our shot selection i think it's been pretty good uh, um mm. outside of stanford to your point like that one they just they were all out of whack so i feel like we should almost throw that one out of our sample because <laughs> just yeah. all the other games um it seems like their their threes have come you know in good rhythm and good transition with good ball movement often you know sometimes we're seeing mckenzie hitting you know out of that that double team when it comes to her from the post so um, I've been really actually quite happy and never think, I don't think we've mentioned one time on any of our post game uh, again, outside of Stanford um, where we've gone, whew, they just took too many threes or mm-hmm. boy, they, they shot the ball when they shouldn't have. And you know, there's been a handful here and there, but overall I think they've been really good. I would yeah, agree. And Sarah yeah, shooting 45% from three, she can shoot it whenever she wants. <laughs> <laughs> agree with that um so i agree so I, I i threw this in here kathy i didn't know if yeah. you saw it on the run sheet but I just did. some unanswered questions and mm-hmm. i'll start it out with you since you know who's and i like to call it the alpha you can call it leader but i think i think there is a leader i think it's mag but to me an yeah. alpha is that person who and this obviously is going to be back to a grace burger reference but i you know there were times i've said this about the men's team over the last few years about who was the alpha that person who's going to say give me the ball and I'm going to go get a shot for because I'm confident I can make something happen for myself or I'm going to get it into a position where the defense is going to have to rotate and I'm going to find the right person at the key moment. So in the absence of Grace Berger, is there somebody that you see who can be that alpha? Because I think that's what successful teams need in tournament play. Somebody has to be that person in crunch time. Who do you think it is? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I, I'm going to go with I, Sarah, I, I, actually. Yeah, real quick. I want to make And I will say this for our fans in the podcast. 
I think it's hard for Mac. Everybody's going to say, well, Mac's that person. I think Mac is could be that, but it's hard for a post player to be that true alpha because they aren't the yeah. one usually handling the ball. Now, Kathy, exactly. I'll let you go. Sorry to interrupt you. Yes. No, that's fine. And I, I kind of assumed this was outside of McKenzie anyway in terms of leadership. I think McKenzie's the vocal leader on that, fl that floor. We saw it a lot down in Fort Myers and we could see him in person. Absolutely the vocal leader in terms of, yeah, but she's pretty reliant on those guards getting her the ball um, and getting her the ball timely and in a good mm -hmm. good position so it's hard for her in order to just say um i'm gonna take over the game i, I think it's got to be sarah um you know what we saw from her in fort myers um i think shows me she has it within her now can she do it consistently you know it seems the last couple of games against maine and, and even against stetson a little bit she didn't seem quite as aggressive as we saw her down in Fort Myers. So can she be the Fort Myers Sarah that we saw on a consistent basis? And I don't mean putting up 20 points a game like she did in the, the Tennessee game or the Princeton game. Which one was it? Princeton, um, I think. Yeah. Princeton. Um, I'm not saying she has to produce 28 points a game, not expecting that that's unreasonable, but I do think she could be a little more aggressive in terms of getting her shot and um, driving the ball. Like we've seen her do, um, you know, she's forcing turnovers as well on the defensive side. So to me that it's Sarah. Yeah. And, and, and this is one where you almost would really like to say Chloe, but I just don't feel like Chloe's been very aggressive this year. I feel like Chloe was a little more aggressive offensively last year, not only looking for her shot, and she's getting assists, don't get me wrong, but it was more like she created off the dribble, whether for herself or to get somebody else open. And I, so, but I agree with you about Sarah. I think I would also throw out there maybe Sydney. Um, Sydney may not be quite the dribble penetrator, but I think you get the ball in Sydney's hands. She has the ability to make shots and she has the ability to find people. But I think you may be right. It may be somebody like Sarah who's sometimes just going to put her head down and drive until she gets stopped. And 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 so, but that you know. But again, I think that's one of those things we're just going to have to. It's why to me they're unanswered questions. We're going to find out as we go through the season. And I think at the end of the season we're going to you know come back to this and be like, yep, we found it. We either found it. Or we're going to be talking about, well, this is why we lost in the Sweet 16. As Mike Mike B says in the work of Hogs here, you know, to a certain degree that athleticism you know, is maybe something that we've got to, you know, overcome anyway. So you brought this up, Kathy, in the grading. Are the issues this team has had on the road symptomatic, you know, you know, or are they fixable? Is it just something that we're not going to get, you know, we're just going to have to keep dealing with, or is it fixable? I, personally, I think they're fixable. I, I trust Coach Morin. Um, she's shown us over the last seven seasons, now eight, that she knows what she's doing and her entire coaching staff knows what they're doing in terms of getting the team ready to go. I think it's just going through some learning curves here, some growing pains, if you will, without, without grace. I think it was a really big hole to fill and they're still, they're finding their way into that, you know, how to fill that hole again, you know, Sarah, you know, while she started quite a few games, you know, she's got a different kind of a role this year. Um, Chloe seems to be kind of, you know, working on her way, but they're all veteran, veteran players. And we have a veteran coaching staff. I, I trust that they're going to be able to, to fix them. Yeah. Real quickly. Um, uh, I agree with you. I'm going to kind of move this along a little bit just because we're trying to keep it to a shorter, to a little shorter podcast. Now oh. we're already going past 30 minutes. minutes yeah. <laughs> uh, Coach Morin has called out the toughness and defense. I guess it kind of goes along with the, the earlier question. Will she get this back to the normal IU toughness defense that we're used to? Um, I think we will see it, but less consistently this year. 
I, I think answer. there are going to be, yeah, I think there are definitely going to be times where it just doesn't, doesn't show up for us. And honestly, I think that um, we're probably going to lose a few more games than maybe we expected to, especially those road games, because if your defense doesn't travel, that's going to make it immensely hard when you get into the Big Ten. So I, I don't think we're going to see the defense that we saw the last two years. I think it's going to be a little more inconsistent. And then there's going to be times where it comes out, like, you know, the first half of Princeton or that Tennessee game. And they're like, hey, there it is. And then I think it's going to go away again. All right. Uh, that's a good answer. And and if we can get it to be just uh, hopefully not as inconsistent, but if we could find a way to just keep those moments to a short span of, you know, let it be a, a, a half a quarter here, right. a, a, a quarter there. But again, we've seen it, for example, at Maine. We saw it at half against Princeton. We saw it against pretty much Stanford all day long. So hopefully that Stanford game becomes the outlier at the end of the year. Um, real quick, Kathy, I'll throw it to you on this one as well. Kind of a dual question. We answered this a little bit um, already, but do you think we'll get consistent production out of the bench and will they get consistent minutes once the Big Ten season mm -hmm. starts? Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll keep this one pretty short. Um, I think in terms of minutes first, I think we're going to see a significant drop off, especially from our two freshmen. Um, right now they're both averaging over 10 minutes a game. I don't think that they're going to average 10 minutes a game come big 10 play, except in maybe a handful of games here and there, like hopefully Rutgers this weekend. Um, mm. I, I don't think that the production is going to increase from what we've seen from it. I think again, we're going to have Lexi and Lily come in and give our, you know, the two, some of our starters, some respective um, rest. I, I don't see that it's going to get a whole lot better this year. I think it's a little better than last year, but I don't think it's going to get a whole lot better from here on out. Yeah, I, I would agree with a lot of that. I think especially the minutes. I think you're, you're going to see the minutes. Hannah Sandvik has gotten some decent minutes in games this year. I think you're going to see some of those minutes dwindle as we go into the Big Ten season, except like you said, for maybe some games where we can get some big leads and, and get them some experience as well so well for you guys uh you know that's that's kind of all the things that well kathy do you have anything else a question you think is kind of an unanswered question um not an unanswered but this is an interesting one that you should answer for mike b in the chat where he's wondering does can scheme and basketball smarts offset some of the less um athleticism that we may have against other teams and a simple answer, yes, but it takes some preparation. You know, you're going to, and obviously at that level, you're doing a lot of scouting. You're going to break down the film, um, but high basketball IQ can overcome some of that, but it also, there are just going to be times, unfortunately, when a more athletic uh, player is going to isolate you and, and, and good coaches are going to find ways to isolate you or get you into some kind of mismatch cross match in a transition and take advantage of it. Um, I would, the one thing I, we do a pretty good job of, but I think one thing you see some of the better teams do against us is put us a little bit of pick and pop, pick and roll type situation where it makes it a little harder for us to, to keep up with, but yeah, it, it can be overcome, but it just, it's, but this goes back to what we were just talking about, Kathy, that in the past couple of years, we saw that discipline, that mental toughness, from the defensive side of it to make sure that those things didn't just totally, you know, overwhelm us. But this year we've struggled with that a little bit. And, and the girl from Princeton, um, um, Chin, Chin, Chin had a great second half and, and, you know, and we knew she was going to be a good player. Right. But yeah. So, but scheme and basketball smarts can, can overcome it, but it just, you know, it's, it's, it, there's a less margin for error from that standpoint. So a good question for Mike B in the workaholics yeah. there. All right. So, Kathy, got anything else? No, I'm ready to wrap it up if you are. Let's wrap it up. Wrap it up.
All right. So our next episode of DTW will be Sunday to recap the Rutgers game. That'll be at 6 Eastern, 5 Central. Assembly Call will be on Thursday, tomorrow with their normal weekly show. And then they'll be on Saturday after the Auburn game with AC postgame show. Uh, if you want to see us do the show live and be a part of the live chat, make sure that you, sub- that you subscribe to mm-hmm. our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Back Home Network. That's at the at sign, youtube.com slash at Back Home Network. You can be a part of our private community as well. Find out more at assemblycall.substack.com. Kathy and I are trying to post a little bit more stuff in there and put some more DTW, DTW stuff in there. We're we're not the computer wizards, and, and, and so we're trying to get up to speed with some of it. Uh, but we so you look there for content. I've been trying, as I said, I posted uh, some Charlie Cream stuff from Bracketology and, and Net stuff. So we're trying to get in there and give some poll questions, things like that. Kathy does a nice job of getting some chat discussion, trying to get going. So check us out there in the in the uh, Substack. Um, you can be part of our. Or I said that already. Special thanks to John Ringer of Rig Design for designing our logo. Also, a big thank you to Bob Thompson for our new music that you've heard throughout the broadcast. And finally, Kathy, I forgot. I, I didn't mean to forget, but I did. I want to throw it back to you real quick. Got any final thoughts or last call here for you? No, no. I think, you know, we're, we're record wise. I think we're, you know, like I had predicted actually a game ahead of where I predicted. So record wise, I think we're there. I think there's um, definitely some things to work on with this team. Um, but coach Morin again, and her staff, I trust them completely. So um, I'm just looking forward to the rest of the year and getting into the heart of the big 10 season and seeing how they handle all of that. I think it's going to be an interesting ride this year. I think it's going to be a bit of more of a roller coaster for sure than it was last year. I, I, right now, I would totally agree with that. That's a great assessment. And thank you. So we want to thank all of you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Sunday. We'll be uh, until then. Keep your elbows in, your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. Did that music sound weird? <laughs> or was a little it bit. Just it, was, me? it sounded okay to me, but it was okay. might have had a little bit. But anyway, <laughs> hey, that was fun. Hey, this was fun. It went a little longer than we planned on, but it was we fun. Did. There was some good. That was a good discussion. Yeah, you had some great questions in there. I, I, I no, I had not seen them ahead of time, so I was completely going out off the seat of my pants there. So <laughs> I, uh, you know, but you know, it's you know, we don't get to do enough. You know, like during the season, it seems like we're always doing post game shows. And, and yes, so I don't. I don't and, think we got to do that the last two seasons, but we had this last long break um with yep. no men no women's games here on this day and it worked out really well schedule wise so that was fun to to be able to kind of look at it from a more of a fifty thousand foot level um yeah. that we usually and, do so it was and to kind of break the season down by a quarter you know that was kind of those things i used to do as a coach i i always thought and i think a lot of coaches do i'm not gonna say all of us do but i think a lot of coaches break it down to a fourth of the season a fourth of the season you know and and so on so a really good yeah. point to be able to come in here and break it down and like i said i had to go back and watch the earlier yeah, episode for with and Andy was with us that day. I should have brought. Andy I should have was. at least. Mm-hmm. I should have had Andy's results and what he said just to see if we could get you know. Get I know we should have pulled him. We should have pulled. You know, we should have <laughs> hey Andy, come in here. But no. Um. So anyway, appreciate everybody being here and and watching on the live YouTube or wherever you're listening on your favorite podcast. So we appreciate everything. So, but Kathy, great job. I know you're yep. trying to work. You know, kind of a job and a half right now, or almost two full yeah. jobs with your you know transition into your different role with your company. So I'm going to get us out of here, and I'll talk to you on Sunday. Sounds good. Have a great weekend, everyone. Bye-bye. Everybody, see ya.